With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This episode is sponsored by my favorite game, Best Fiends. I am completely immersed in some of the most tragic true crime stories seven days a week. I read it, write it, and watch it every single day. And though it's one of my favorite things in the world, sometimes I need a break. Without a doubt, my perfect palate cleanser, the first thing I reach for when I need a break is Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a casual game filled with fun and engaging puzzles to keep your brain both entertained and challenged with levels, events, and challenges that update daily. The makers of Best Fiends have created a whole world right on my phone. It's got great music, is bright and colorful with great graphics, and there's a story all about these cute collectible characters. Right now, I'm on level 467, and I love playing while relaxing in a good, warm bubble bath at the end of my day. What's really cool is that you can connect and play with friends from all over and create fun little challenges of your own, which is the perfect way to stay connected with all of your friends, no matter how far they are. And you don't need the internet, so you can literally play wherever and whenever. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this game. So join me and millions of people who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. The easiest suspect isn't always the right one. On May 8th, 2005, two young girls lost their lives and an obvious suspect was arrested. But five years and a DNA test later, the real suspect was placed behind bars. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Living in Zion, Illinois, an area along Lake Michigan founded by a religious healer as a utopian community and with only about 22,000 residents, was 8-year-old Laura Hobbs and her best friend, 9-year-old Crystal Tobias. The girls had been playing together on May 8, 2005, Mother's Day, when they decided to go on a bike ride with plans of being home early evening. Two hours after their projected arrival time, the parents of one of the girls reported them missing. The other girl's parents called shortly thereafter. As the police, volunteers, and search dogs dispatched to find the girls, the parents were adamant that they would be found together. They were best friends after all. Where one went, the other followed. So it was no surprise when their bodies were found together in Beulah Park Forest Preserve, a place that is usually avoided by locals. What was surprising was that in this relatively little town, the girls suffer from some pretty serious overkill. They had been stabbed 31 times in the neck and face, eyeballs removed, and according to some articles, showed some signs of sexual assault. What was also a little strange, to some at least, was that after a night of searching, it was not the professionals or the dogs who found the bodies at dawn. No, it was Jerry Hobbs III, 
Laura's father, who had only recently been released from prison. Pretty quickly, assumptions were made about Jerry Hobbs, and the police began searching their home for any evidence of his involvement, as well as any evidence that could lead them to another viable suspect. In the meantime, the school helped the kids deal with the grief of losing two classmates by bringing in counselors and reading books like Charlotte's Web and A Taste of Blackberries. Whatever police found on Jerry must have been enough because on May 10th, 2005, he was arrested for the murder of his daughter and her best friend. Though he gave no motive, the fact that he refused to explain how he found the bodies was pretty damning in the eyes of investigators. That and his pretty extensive criminal history that included 29 arrests for drug violation, assault, and resisting arrest. The latest assault charge in particular earned him two years in prison, and his victim was Laura's mother, Sheila Hallibaugh. During an argument, Jerry grabbed a chainsaw and started to chase his neighbors around the trailer park where they lived in Texas. Because no one was hurt, he was simply sentenced to 10 years probation, but failed to appear at his required meetings, had his probation revoked, and went to prison. Once he was released, he went back to Sheila and her four children, a simple continuation of a pretty messy 10-year relationship pattern. Fights between them became commonplace, even as Sheila moved into a nicer neighborhood closer to the school and Jerry moved into the car parked behind the house. He was a drifter, an alcoholic, a troublemaker, and was known to lose his temper. So it was pretty easy for police to pinpoint him as their suspect. Not to mention his ability to recount the girl's injuries, despite saying he couldn't bear to get any closer to them. But others weren't so convinced. In fact, Arthur Holabaugh, Sheila's father, claimed he thought the local police were railroading Jerry. Regardless, he was brought to preliminary trial where prosecutors claimed that the police had videotaped statements from Jerry admitting to the murders. According to the story, Jerry had grounded Laura, but on Mother's Day, she defied him and invited Crystal over to play. The pair went to the park at around 3 p.m., and when they weren't home by nightfall like they were supposed to be, Jerry went out looking for them. Then he went to the park to retrieve the girls and bring them home, and Laura refused. His temper flared, and he punched Laura twice before Crystal came to her aid. He stated that Crystal was armed with a four to six inch potato knife, a knife that was never found, and was trying to defend Laura when Jerry snatched it from her and began stabbing both girls in excess. According to investigators there, when he gave his confession, he never once shed a tear for the girls. Those who heard the story and knew Crystal cast doubts on this part of his story. They said while it was completely within her character to defend a friend, the small-framed young girl was terrified of even toy weapons and only touched a knife when she helped her mother cook. And it should be noted, this interrogation lasted more than 24 hours before the confession was extracted. Everyone mulled over these facts while Jerry awaited his official trial behind bars. And in the five years he waited, his defense team and a private laboratory found that the semen samples found on Laura's body did not match Jerry Hobbs. For many, this was a complete shock. They were certain that they had the man responsible for the murders safely behind bars. But if what science was saying was true, that meant that a deadly man was still walking through their small community completely unnoticed. Luckily for them, the DNA was placed in the national database, which returned with a name. 
Jorge Avila Torres. Jorge was, at the time of the murder, a 16-year-old boy living in the same neighborhood and was a friend of Crystal's older half-brother. He knew the girls and they knew him. But with all the focus on Jerry, no one even took a second look at anyone else in the town, let alone a young boy. Shortly after murdering Laura and Crystal, Jorge joined the Marines to evade any suspicion in the case. And while stationed in Virginia, met 20-year-old Navy Petty Officer, second class, Amanda Jean Snell, a woman whom, in 2009, Jorge would strangle to death in the barracks. He was not linked to this crime either and left to roam the streets looking for new victims, having quite literally gotten away with three murders. In February of 2010, he stalked and attempted to abduct three other women in Northern Virginia, bound them with an electrical cord in their apartment, and took one of the girls to his SUV. She was then driven to a secluded area where he repeatedly raped and strangled her. She was left for dead in the snow near the highway. This time, he was arrested and began sharing a cell with with a man named Osama El Altari, who, unbeknownst to Jorge, had agreed to wear a wire while in prison. During one of the recorded conversations, Osama asked Jorge if he felt any remorse for his crimes. He claimed he did not, and in the same sentence, implicated himself in not only Amanda Snell's murder, but the murders of Laura Hobbs and Crystal Tobias. In 2014, Jorge Avila Torres was sentenced to death for Amanda Snell's murder and received an additional 168 years on the state level for his other crimes. He was the first person to receive a federal death sentence since 2007. He was then extradited to Lake County, where he was to stand trial for the murders of Laura Hobbs and Crystal Tobias. As this was happening on August 3rd, 2010, Jerry Hobbs III was officially exonerated and released from prison. He went on to successfully sue various law agencies for around $7 million before being jailed in Texas for various other crimes and has been serving prison time since 2016. Jorge, after a number of negotiations, pled guilty in exchange for 100 years imprisonment and a transfer to a prison he believed was safer for him. He currently resides in Terre Haute, awaiting his federal execution. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 9th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.